Kia ora, I'm Alicia Wilson-Hetty from Te Taumata Tuia Ibe, Auckland's Regional Arts Trust. You're listening to Creative Capital, a podcast about advocacy and systems change. We're exploring the role that arts, creativity and culture play in Tamaki Makoto, with a focus on the people behind the work and their vision for the future. We hope these conversations are a simple way for us to come together as advocates and artists to navigate 2023 and beyond. Brady Petty is a pioneering, award-winning performer who has broken down stereotypes after her recognition as the first Australasian trans actress to play a leading female role. A graduate of the National Academy of Singing and Dramatic Art, she has had an extensive career both on stage and screen. Kia ora uh, ko Brady Pieti tōku ingoa. Um, my pronouns are she, her. I've been told we have to say that now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you for joining me, Brady. So firstly, congratulations on a really stellar season of the beautiful kopu at Te Po. <laughs> Thank um, you. I just wanted to ask, what was the catalyst for the show and how did you find the process of making it? What was the catalyst for the show? Because we've been doing it for like two years, so there's been like a lot of catalysts yeah. for it. Uh, but we've, yeah, we've been workshopping it for two years and so each time we kind of come back together, it gets m- more and more... Um, thicker the content but also the message that we want to portray. I think the main one that kind of really shifted the kaupapa into what it became was um, discussing the importances of wahine Māori and not women per se. Because they are very, very different Um, wahine Māori come from goddesses where women come from the men that own them. So, yeah, that's kind of what shaped it. (laughs) I I found the sharing at the beginning of the work around the um, whakapapa of the words and the language that you used really, really interesting. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah, a a bit of food for thought, I suppose. Um, Mm. I I was lucky enough to attend the opening night and it was really beautiful to see an audience full of brown people <laughs> of brown yeah. faces um, yeah. in a space that always makes my heart feel extra full. Mm. And there was a lot of Māori in the yeah. audience, which was also really beautiful to see and seeing them arrive at the work. How has the audience responded to the work? Um, uh, well, just big up to Tepo Theatre being the only Māori theatre company um, in Auckland but also in New Zealand. No, no, there's other ones. There are other ones there. Yeah. So I'm not going to say <laughs> Correction. <that>. Correction. <laughs> <Get it>. so, <laughs> but like, big up to them and being able to hold space for Māori. And so um, when you've got shows like what we did coming through, um, we were fortunate enough to have Māori just flock to it, particularly Wahine Māori, yeah. which was which is who the show is for. It's um, without putting it, um, without being shy about it, we're telling Wahine Māori how amazing they are, unashamedly. And yeah. um, so for them to be in that space is really rewarding because um, sometimes our whānau, 
don't come to shows and don't <laughs> buy tickets. And so a lot of our co-papa and our work doesn't really hit off the ground. But we're quite lucky in this show because, yeah, it's had quite a following already. So, yeah. Yeah, I found that through the duration of my career as well, of like making brown work for brown people but we don't really have much control over who our audiences end up being so I've had a lot of Pākehā watch my mahi and I I think it is interesting thinking about as a community of makers how do we, where does the responsibility lie in terms of audience development and what does that look like Um, what what has some of the responses been from wahine Māori to kupu um, surprisingly, because we just thought it, in the whole process of doing it, we were like, are we funny and empowering or are we just immature little ladies talking about penises? Um, <laughs> and so we kind of went through that phase of being like, I don't know, because we hadn't had an audience. And it yeah. wasn't until we got the audiences where like everybody was like, <laughs> I can relate. But um, what we found was... Um, we made a lot of our, our wahine very emotional, um, very empowered. Yeah. Um, the amount of messages saying, I'm ready to take on the day and I'm ready to take on my life now because I felt so empowered by what I saw, seeing these wahine um, take a step forward and live their lives fully has given me the opportunity to do it for myself. And so that's... Um, the show is a lot more special than what we all anticipated it to be. Of course, you know, when you're doing a show, you're always like, this is going to be the best show ever. Um, but this one in particular is pretty special for that. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I do think there's something to be said around, um, you know, when we think about our mahi, and often it lives within the paradigm of it needing to be commercially successful. But yeah. what does it mean to be culturally successful? Yeah. And with those kind of responses, you do think, well, it is culturally successful. It's shifting the culture forward, which is always really exciting to think about. Yeah. And one of the things that I really noticed in the work and I wanted to ask you about is um, it's so joyful. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so joyful and funny. And I think yeah. there's something to be really said around um, brown joy Mm. and around brown wahine joy. Mm. And so how did that feel to be a part of a a show and a kaupapa that is so um, embedded and embodied in joy? What what was that experience like? Um, It's very new. (laughs) Yeah. It's not many times where I've been in spaces where I've been able to just be with wahine Māori and create something amazing. So these feelings are all like... Oh, okay, this is just fun now. Where we are yeah. creating a sisterhood together that is fiercely protective of each other. But um, yeah, um, knowing each day that we go into rehearsal that what we're doing is something very exciting and very new um, with just Wahine Māori in the room is um, unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> unheard of and yeah, just exciting. There was a buzz for quite some time, and there still is, yeah. generating for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was the other thing I, I was reflecting on as I was sitting and watching it was you had your rupu of amazing wahine performing kupu, mm. and then in the city you had that rupu of wahine. women doing yeah. witi's wahine. And so... That week was a very 
strong she said fem, she said fem energy yeah yeah and that was unintentional as well like we didn't all come together and go let's all go and show wahine mari off on this week hey like none of that happened it just so happened to luckily fall into place and um so many people were appreciative of it yeah i love we that. were appreciative of it because yeah. like, like yeah it was just a, a week of real powerful wahine maori working yeah yeah i think it's it's interesting watching kaupapa where wahine are in a really sex positive way talking mm. really positively about sex and desire and what that means for us as yeah. brown wahine yeah how how was the how has that been um holding that for you as a group of wahine um it's very cheeky. Sometimes yeah. you've got to get to the point of being like, oh, fuck it. Oh, can we swear? Yeah, no. we can swear. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it proud. I've had ain't it before. Like, you know, like, <laughs> we, we all kind of had to cross the bridge of being like, these are all things and experiences that majority of the people who will come and see us have experienced. And just because um, we, are, we might feel my mind to say it does not mean that somebody else won't and so we're kind yeah. of just like let's just say it let's say what we want to say and who cares if we offend anybody the only people we're like okay let's let's not offend our nannies and cuddles <laughs> if we don't offend them who were laughing the loudest at the show when we were talking about that naughty stuff because they get it yeah nanny has used her daughter's dildo like <laughs> you know like well, that's a very specific story to the, the show. The like, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, naughty things happen all the time. I think there's something to be said, though, around um, when we, we have these big corridor about decolonisation, yeah. what does that mean when you're applying it to how we as brown women, as brown wahine, are talking about that in relation to sex? Because I think often it's been quite a taboo subject for us, and so... Seeing those um, stories and narratives play out on stage with mm. a group of wahine, it shouldn't be radical, but it is. Yeah. And it was really wonderful to watch of like mm. these stories being investigated and spoken to and spoken about and it not being um, all trauma. Because yeah, I think often yeah. what happens with our, our stories is a lot of the time there's some sort of trauma attached when we're having investigations into what it means to be a sexual mm. person yeah. as as a wahine. And so I, I just, I love people watching. And so I was mm. kind of just sitting, watching <laughs> yous while simultaneously watching the audience and being like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, they get it. Okay, <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I think there was something, a really beautiful exchange happening as yous were kind of pulling that apart, which I really yeah. love. I think uh, it's very specific to a moment in the show where um, it was called Teke Talk, where we, um, we've, there's questions in a bowl, there's three of us, and we've got to answer truthfully to the questions. And if we can't answer truthfully to the questions displayed out to us, then we've got to bugger off for suck it up and do it um, so yeah and doing that it can unravel and unbox so many um, taboos that maybe we have thought about or um, or have done in our lives that we just cannot say um, we haven't gone that deep into like anything tragically um, vulgar but 
we've all had experiences and we're yeah. allowed to talk about them. Um, being a whakawahine, um, in my position is that we've always been highly sexualized beings yeah. and we've always been fetishized beings. So I can't particularly speak on behalf of my other sisters who probably have been told you're a princess. You cannot say these things. Yeah. You are a little golden daughter. So do not say these things. And there are a few, a few princesses in Corpo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the queen though. But <laughs> but um yeah, and being able to all just be able to come back and share our points of view onto the table is um I think has been real cathartic. Yeah. And it's been a real um yeah, it's been a, a great way to release any like embarrassments or mummy that you might feel about sexual nature. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm. So what has this experience of making kopu meant to you as a whakawahine? Um, kopu is not about telling anybody how to be wahine Māori. It's yeah. just about presenting all the different types of wahine Māori that exist. Um, there's so many more that we would love to share, but it's only an hour show. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and never once were we telling you, you got to be like this, with yeah. a vagina like this, like... No, that's not the that's not the focus that we're focusing on. Yeah. So the experiences has been for me in particular, I've always I've gone through the phase of being like, I shouldn't be in this, I should be in this, I should be in this, I should be in this. <laughs> so so much so to the point of being like, fuck it, I should be in this. And yeah. because I've my voice matters just as much as anybody else's. So yeah. um going through that phase was a bit difficult, but coming at the end and um, being embraced by all my sisters, including my whanau and the audience, has been quite a rewarding one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm glad that that's been the experience for you. I've never told anybody that. I told, oh, well, thank me you. and Amber Kareem. Thank, thank you for Amber, sharing that with me. Amber Kareem, the director, and Tainui Tukiwaho, the dramaturg, they're the ones that get the phone calls off. I shouldn't be in this. No, I'm coming back. No. <laughs> so, thank you. There you go. I think that's quite a normal <laughs> process, though, right? As an artist, yes. you're. I, I think I should just trust the process. Yeah. I think. And that <laughs> yeah. can be quite hard to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, activism and advocacy runs through your practice as an artist. Yes. How has that informed the work you make and your cho- what you choose to contribute to? Uh, my my whole. I guess my whole reason why I do what I do is um, to ensure the visibility of trans people, particularly yeah. trans women of colour, um, in this industry, to let um, to let our people know that there is space for us, and yeah. there always has been space for us. It's just now that this world has kind of developed into. I say this very um, finely, but a, a a more accepting place yeah. to be that we're able to be um, present in this industry a lot more than we have yeah. in the past. Um, so I, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah. Um, 
But with saying that, with the visibility, become it's, it's a double-edged sword. So, yeah. like, yeah. with that visibility comes a lot of hatred, um, as we have seen in the recent months, um, that can really tear down a community. But we're fortunate enough to be a part of a wider community that... Um, that strives for us to exist and allows us to exist. So it's not as hard as people want to believe that um, we are struggling. We are not, because we've got our allies and our whānau to support us. But um, yeah, yeah, my whole thing is about just keeping here, staying straight and narrow, and yeah. doing my thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been interesting watching how the. Um, how that narrative, I guess, has been like played out in mainstream media because mm. I think actually the um, the stars I think of our community or the ones that are are thriving, I would like to think anyway, are our um, whakawahine and our uh, you know. So I don't know. I think I could list them all. So could and I. I'm so proud of them yeah, all. Yeah, totally. I'm so jealous. Of them all. She said jealous. <laughs> she did say jealous. She said jealous, but in a loving way. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm just so proud because not only are we at the front of the camera, we're also present in the room when creation yeah. is being happened. Um, uh, I could list them all, but I don't want to because <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> no, but, but it's just, um, there's been a great shift and people are interested in what we have to say and how we say it. So, um, Ramon Tewaki is in the room. Is yes, in the room. Um, yes. Uh, Amanaki Prescott is in the room yep. and making positive change for us just as much as I am, just as much as um, everybody else is. But yeah. She tra- trans excellence. Yes, trans excellence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's beautiful to watch all of these really um, phenomenal, incredible storytellers come out of the trans mm. community and what. Um, true story sovereignty actually mm. looks like for our yeah. trans whānau. Yeah. And, you know, just um, allowing people to tell their own story is yeah. always going to be where you're going to see really beautiful, authentic kōrero and yeah. storytelling. And it's so exciting because I think we're just at the beginning. Yeah. Like we're just at the very beginning of seeing yeah. what that looks like with our um, storytellers yeah. from our trans community. It's yeah. so exciting. Like, there was a corridor for a little bit going, it's hot now, it's hot to be trans, so get in there now. It's like, no, I think it's always going to be hot to be yeah. trans. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think there's, like, a an expiry date on our stories. I think now that we're here, like, you can't get away with just relaxing, you know? No, yeah. absolutely. And I think because there has been such a move to, yeah, being more mindful around what story sovereignty means for people from mm. different parts of our community yeah, and then paving their own way on their own terms, there is no going back, right? Nope. It's like the future looks so bright when yeah. I think about all the different um, trans practitioners that we have and the things that they're saying then I'm like, wow, I feel like I learned so much. Yeah. Every single time <laughs> I view or consume any kind of trans mahi that's being made from our community, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so in terms of thinking about 
how we're seeing more and more um, trans practitioners arrive into our sector. Mm. What do you think, and this is just you speaking from you, what do you, what do we need to do to continue fostering safe environments for our whakawahine? Um, I think that um, it's being paved already. Yeah. So people are already in the space knowing exactly what it's like. And so I think the best way that we can do is relay back our, our knowledge and yeah. our information to the next group that's coming in um, and sharing with them that, yes, these spaces can be unsafe, but here's a way to make yourself feel safe. Do yeah. this, do this, behave this way. Um, yeah, it's about upskilling the yeah. next generation, which is what um, a lot of us are trying to do, or a lot of us need to do. And I think, um, especially these house mothers, oh, these wonderful house mothers, <laughs> like they, um, they are teaching their children how to um, arrive up in this industry, and that's such a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I actually love the most about Borum is this mm. idea of chosen family how to support each other yeah like getting yourself um ready for the world yeah. in a way that feels quite safe and secure because you're doing it with people who really have your best interests at heart yeah yeah and um sometimes that means like you know telling you off too and going hey yes what are you up to? <laughs> why did you do that <laughs> <laughs> and that i mean and to have that um, that parent, that mother, as Arangatahi coming through, that must be such a um, a beautiful thing to have. And lucky for them, because I know for generations past, that probably wasn't the case. Yeah. And so now that we are solidifying that these houses exist in this age means I think we are saving a lot more lot more kids and a lot more lives and um i love that i love seeing that yeah i think it's wonderful to see our community continue to um travel towards an environment of thriving yeah and it feels quite beautiful to watch of seeing how um you know often i think people have an understanding around queerness or queer identity that it's like some sort of tragedy yeah. But <laughs> our people and our community are just so hilarious and they're full of life. Badasses. And they will <laughs> have they just have such a deep sense of um what it means to be in community with one another and yeah. what um what care looks like, like collective care. Yeah. And I think that's really important as you navigate as a um as a young person, as a budding practitioner and um not not moving from a place of scarcity because I often think sometimes what happens in um, our creative sectors is it tends to be really rooted in some sort of weird uh, scarcity culture and actually there's space for everybody and if we were to move to a place of um, abundance what does that Mm. actually look like yeah yeah, and I think that's we don't behave in that way either um, of being like oh that's one trans thing. That's for me. I'm going to take it away. Like, yeah. If I find out there's an audition, I'm like, girl, do you know about this audition? Girl, do you know about this? Like, and like, girls are like, like I was doing a hikaru and I was like, we need extras for the ball scene. Please come in and help us. Yeah. And um, 
they just showed up in hordes and it was such a beautiful thing like we're all just out here trying to help each other and I I think it's so necessary like people like I was always warned when I was studying like this industry is real cutthroat eh? like if you've got thick skin you'll make it but if you don't then don't even bother like it's like no I can be gentle I can love I can be happy yeah um, I, I can have a strong no. Like, if somebody's messing with me, I'll tell them to fuck off. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, no, you can support each other because not everybody's out to get you and not everybody's selfish. We can share. Yeah, it's not lost on me the kind of shift that I think we're seeing across the creative sector as we have more and more brown people infiltrate. Yes. That there's a real cultural shift yeah. there because I am um, a drama school dropout. Um, and yeah, I was a uni tech drama school dropout. Oh my gosh. Yes, did a semester and then left because <laughs> I got happy with my big boy. Hmm. And I think I got kind of fed a similar narrative around the industry and what it yeah. means to be in the industry. And, you know, it, it being quite subscribed in this like super competitive nature of what it means to be a practitioner and mm. what's mine is mine. Yeah. And I just don't think that's how as as brown people we move through the world mm. so it's been really interesting even in the length of my career watching um culturally how things have shifted as you have more and more mm. of us that are like actually in the space doing the doing yeah and how i think we've collectively kind of gone no we're not sorry yeah this yeah, isn't yeah. this doesn't benefit any of us to yeah. kind of move with those intentions what does it look like when we actually bring our full selves into the creative sector? Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to actually have the real strong understanding of collective practice and collective care? And yeah. none of us do this stuff alone. I always find it really weird that people think they do anything alone. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to do anything alone. I'm yeah, needy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to know. I need to get approval from my friends that what I'm doing is right. <laughs> like, so yeah. we can continue on and keep growing it. Yeah, I agree. Now, th this is probably a little while ago now, but you made that, and i sorry, I have forgotten the name of the work, but you did that awesome project with the that Traz Tasman little relationship oh. of the <laughs> our Aboriginal whanau and our whanau from here creating a work together. Black Ties. Black Ties, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I did know that, but I'm terrible with names. <laughs> okay. how, how was that, making with Mob and... Regional Fano here. How was it experience? It was great to see two First Nation cultures come together and collaborate in such a way that I don't think has ever happened before. Yeah. Um, and showing the the diff um, the similarities of what each culture goes through. Yeah. But also the vast differences that we also yeah um, deal with on a day to day basis. And I remember saying this back in the day, but like, and make fun of each other because who else can make fun of each other other than each other? <laughs> like, so that was a great experience. It was a great experience to take um, Maori work. Yeah. Over to Australia. I know that they love us over there. So to add another one of those works to the list of uh, being an impressive part of um, Māori New Zealand work is really, um, I'm really proud of. Um, 
and just yeah, having a family for three months, having employment for three months yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having, yeah, we were just one big happy family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. I love that. So you have been a part of um, a new. Uh, wahine leadership rupu for Te Taumata. Yes. And what an impressive group of wahine. How have you found that experience? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, they look after us so well. Um, it's, not, it's not even about having to come there with anything. It was yeah. just about being present in the room and listening to all the great stories, the great advice that um, other women were giving us. And yeah. um, we're still going through it. I just had yeah. my meeting with my mentor. I don't know if I'm allowed to share, but um, yeah, my mentor's real cool. And um, like knowing that, again, knowing that we're not alone and knowing that... I can now look upon a wider pool yeah. of women if I ever need or want my work to go any particular way because we had um, we had people of all different um, backgrounds in the arts and so it wasn't just theatre, it wasn't just screen, it was um, art galleries, it was just... Um, media outlets like there were just so many different people and so now it's kind of created like this little family yeah of highly competent creative people (laughs) yeah i was fortunate enough to do the for the first wahine leadership group Mm. and i think um it was just really nice to be able to connect with other wahine in leadership roles because it can feel quite isolating yeah and so just being able to have a space to come together and go i'm really finding this challenging how do you deal with that yeah yeah, because i don't know what i'm doing yeah 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 (laughs) and yeah being i'm able just to say like i don't know where my career is heading right now can you please give me the tools or show me a way that i can help they're like yeah we've got a talker coming in that can speak to that right now like as, yeah, just how accommodating it was and knowing that we've all kind of experienced the same feelings when it yeah. comes to us as a business. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it definitely has its challenges, hey? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it is good to have spaces where they're gentle spaces to land and kind of yeah. reflect and go, this worked for me, did that work for you? How did you find that? Okay, cool, great, wonderful. Mm. I actually wish there was more opportunities for wahine mm. to have spaces like this to develop. Yeah. I, do, I don't think that's something we do very well in New no. Zealand in terms of how do we create and foster development of our practitioners yeah. and what does that look like? Because um, yeah. the pool of those opportunities specific to here I think is quite limited whereas yeah. it's quite a normal a normal methodology I guess yeah. abroad I think it's just so necessary it needs to like I think every woman needs to experience like not just every woman every man yeah. needs to experience what um, these types of places create and what these types of places do to support um, you and your goals for the future like like it may like on paper not that it did this seemed like it but on paper it may seem like oh yeah we're just gonna go listen to people saying you can do it but it's like no actually it's a lot more than that it's there's so much um 
skill and um, feelings that go into being a leader in your community that you that is great to hear other people speak to. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one last question for you, and I I'm not answering it. <laughs> <laughs> and I I always kind of leave the. I guess this is my last question for all of the podcast episodes because I think it is so important to like look up and out yeah. and be future focused in how we choose to navigate collectively. Mm-hmm. So what <clears throat> is your hope for Whakawahine as you and as we navigate into the future? What does that look like for you? Um So many ideas just came into my head. <laughs> but I'm, I think my hopes for the future is that, um, is that we, are, we continue to feel empowered and we yeah. continue to empower our rangatahi coming through so that by the time they're through, they can empower the next that are coming through. I think... Um, we are in such a strong place at the moment. We just have to keep thriving, going through it, and um, relaying back all the necessary information we can to the next ones. Um, we need to encourage the next ones to come through to be brave, and to come and to come correct, come on time, <laughs> <laughs> and behave yourself. <laughs> but um, yeah, we need to do all those things. Um, that way, it just becomes just becomes co- common and yeah. um, natural for us just to be in these spaces and it not be this big amazing thing it just is it yeah. just exists yeah. and that's it <laughs> yeah so you're saying intergenerational knowledge sharing yes. and pathways clear pathways for <laughs> our trans panel. thank you <laughs> um, thank you Brady so much for sharing space with me today and thank this you. quarter all and um, I wish you nothing but thriving Oh, 30, <laughs> flirty and thriving. <laughs> I watched 30 and going on 30 the other day. <laughs> oh, Love you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Mm. Thanks so much for listening to Creative Capital, brought to you by Te Taumata Toya Iwi. You can learn more about our mahi at www tetomatatoyaiwi.org.nz Please also get in touch with any feedback or ideas for the series too. Namahinoe.